This is Dustin Lee Massey at Dustin Lee Massey from Instagram, and you're listening to Superhouse. Welcome to Superhouse, and I am back in the driver's seat. This is Ben, the man who knows too much about Batman. And it is I, Andrew, and I can't wait for Ben to regale us with a tale of Telltale once again. <laughs> this is Wolfie, and you have <laughs> ten years to live. <laughs> wow. Okay. Wow. Where, where, did that, <laughs> where did that come from? I don't know, Fred. Just pick the first thing. You like dark stuff, so you must like DC. I was thinking of those websites you would put your, your birth date in or something and would calculate when your dead death calculator. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. This is random. Yeah. So if you're listening to this episode, <laughs> like and subscribe or you'll die. <laughs> well, so you, just like people you probably won't, recently. and that's highly insensitive at a time like this, but <laughs> like and subscribe. <laughs> exactly what you guys wanted to hear. Okay, so Andrew <laughs> <to> death calculator. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew has calculated, well not calculated, he, is, he has covered the retro games, the Arkham games, and now we're heading into part three of our Batman video game series, this time with Batman, the Telltale series. Woo! Now, oh, yeah. Wolfie, you've played this game, right? Yes, I actually have not finished the last and final episode of season one, but I'm familiar with the game. <laughs> okay, cool. And then Andrew, <laughs> nope. you've played this as well. I just started today, and uh, I'm enjoying it, but I will get into that later. Okay. And, uh, yeah, dude, I finished almost the first episode. I just... Oh, awesome. Yeah, I think I had lunch in between, and I got... <laughs> I don't know, man. They're kind of long, though. It's like an hour of TV. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. It was, it was longer than, than I was that. expecting. Yeah. I was expecting, yeah. like, 30-minute episodes, so I was like, yeah, I'll bang this out. And then it just... Nah, punk. Uh, They're I all, like, maybe, like, an hour to an hour and a half. I didn't. Yeah. T- I didn't time it right. I I, yeah. I got to the part where uh, spoiler, we jump in ahead, but the red Lamborghini turns into the Batmobile and he speeds off. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Okay. All right. Well, uh, full disclosure, I have not actually played these games. What? Yeah. And that's our episode. So thanks for tuning in. Follow <laughs> us on Instagram, Superhouse Pod. Shout out to Cookie, Cookie Noms. Noms. Um, yeah. <laughs> Patreon.com, uh, Superhouse Podcast. <laughs> And uh, we'll see you next time. Same, but okay. So anyway, <laughs> I haven't played these games, so why the hell am I the one talking about this? Well, the thing is, uh, Telltale is a very different type of game. With the Arkham games, very much it's about fighting of, on top of mixing in the animated series and comics, bringing it to life, and um, having a story as well as that. Telltale, however, is very story driven to the point where uh, a lot of fans have edited together cutscenes or important moments to it that can kind of be its own animated movie in a way. Right. So I've seen yeah. a lot of that footage, uh, and the more I saw of certain scenes, the more I had to watch more and more, and that's how I ended up just getting into this deep abyss of the Telltale Batman. What is this? What are the different modes that happen? And and the fascination of that, and it's a very different take that might not be as popular as the Arkham games, but it's certainly deserving of a full episode. So, there are definitely some aspects that we'll get into in a minute. I know yeah, I keep dropping the hints, but like <laughs> that I really like more than the Arkham games. But mm, I think yes. we'll, 
We'll get there. We'll get there. Perfect. Perfect. But before we start tackling the Batman Telltale series, we're just going to go in assuming that the listeners don't know anything. And even if you don't do know stuff about it, maybe you don't know some of the things that we're going to bring up. So first off, we call it Batman the Telltale series. What is Telltale? So yes. the Telltale gamers, uh, they couldn't be any more different from the developers of the Arkham games. The Arkham games we talked about, Rocksteady, they are all, like, a lot of them are British Telltale uh, actually started from developers from Lucas Arts, from oh, Lucas Films, right. okay. uh, and they used to do a lot of adventure games until Lucas Arts pulled the plug. Mm-hmm. So, in July 2004, three developers got together: Kevin Bruner, Dan Connors, and Troy Molander in San Rafael, California, and they created Telltale. And the best analogy I can have to this type of game is it's like those choose-your-own-adventure books, but as a yes. video game. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so instead of different, like this, the cliche is just like, all right, video game is different levels, and you beat a boss, and then you go to the next level, and you work your way up and beat another boss. Like this was completely different. This was story driven, and each game was like a season of a TV show where they would split it into different episodes over time. Um, so for the Batman Telltale game specifically, it's about five episodes in each season, um, and each one taking about an hour to an hour and a half. Uh, or so, depending on you know how long you're playing it. But overall, they're each almost like their own feature in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yes. they decided to the best way to do this is to start with intellectual properties with small fan bases. So it wasn't stuff like Batman hmm. yet. Game it, of Thrones. It, yeah, it was, no, <laughs> it wasn't that yet. It okay. was like uh, that comic Bone. It was like oh, Wallace yeah. and Gromit. They did they, one for Bone. Really? Yeah, they did. Oh wow. Holy shit. That. And as they got more popular 10 years later, that's when they're just like, let's go more mainstream. So they then got Back to the Future. They got Jurassic oh, Park. Oh, shit. And nice. then... What? Oh, I remember the Back to the Future one. Yeah. Right on. I got to play that. Shice. And then later, and then around 2012, they released The Walking Dead. Yeah. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Yes, yes, yep. yes. Mm-hmm. This is where <laughs> they start getting to form out their signature way of playing it because before it was very negative driven driven, but this was even more so because that is by the way my favorite iteration of the walking Walking dead Dead. i have to say yeah yeah Yeah. no absolutely so they so here's what makes telltale unique in terms of the stories uh the player has the ability to make choices affecting the rest of the episode as well as future episodes and how they play out so it makes you feel like you are that character and you get a personalized version of the story so if you make a choice uh in terms of whether to save somebody, the other person dies and doesn't show up for the rest of the game. But you can mm-hmm. go back and play it, and you can choose to save the other person, and that person who died in the previous version, that person is still alive for the rest of the game. It, whatever happens, the consequences are felt throughout the entire was, season. You know, the 45 minutes I did play this game, I was feeling like, man, am I being a dick? Like, most of the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, man, I don't want to, I got to represent Bruce Wayne here. And that's fucking... yeah, they, they present you with some pretty, like, dire and complex moral situations. You're like, yeah. oh, God. And you're like, 
Harvey's such a douche, you know, like all the <laughs> asshole characters. I usually, if they give me one reason, I'm like, cut them off right away. So walking dead, that guy I already know he's going to die in a couple chapters. No, see, I'm not, I, I to me, I, I'm, I'm seeing myself as Bruce Wayne, where he is right. in that story. So he's not two faced yet. And he hasn't been right. a douche on screen to me yet. So Douche I'm face. treating him. I'm treating him like my best friend so far. That's how right. I've been. That's doing. what I was doing. He really challenges you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Test <right>. your patience. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So basically, you can replay the game, pick alternative alternative choices, and it'll be a completely different story. And this yeah. is where The Walking Dead was where Telltale got put on the map of just like, holy shit, these games are awesome and they're great story, like examples of storytelling in games and examples of great mm-hmm. game writing. Uh, so I imagine yeah. though an immersive immersive entertainment, you know, like the oh yeah, definitely choices and stuff. And for but Batman I, too, the most time playing as Bruce Wayne ever. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Great that. Bruce I, Wayne, especially they, because you you're sharing in his like conflicted emotions and things like that. You're like, oh my god, this character is perfect. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's perfect for this type of game. So yeah. in 2016, that's when they release the first part of the Telltale series. And I imagine at the time there might have been some skepticism once Telltale got the license because keep in mind, 2016, Arkham Knight came out 2015. We had already had the Arkham Quadrilogy. So people are just like, we already had our fill of a great Batman video game series. Why do we need another one? Mm -hmm. Type of feeling. Uh, And that's when this basically made... Uh, it was first released August 2nd, 2016. The first episode called Realm of Shadows, the one that Andrew started playing. And uh, it basically distinguished itself from Arkham in a whole variety of different ways. Mm-hmm. So one of the things is, as you guys brought up, you spend way more time as Bruce Wayne than you would in any other game. Yes. Yeah. And it's not even stupid shit. It's not like, it's oh, Bruce which model should I date? Yeah, it's not like, oh, <laughs> like, what business meeting should I go to? Should I send the memo to Lucius Fox? Like, it's none of that type of shit. It's Dude, actual, the scene where you go choices. in, I, I chose to talk with Falcone privately. I don't know if that's a forced eventually or not. But uh-huh. that I think that's was, you're supposed to, yeah. That was intense, man. I, I was That was one of my favorite parts, actually. Mm-hmm. So, really? so far. I went in, so I had... I kept Harvey with me, and it turned into a total shit show, and I lost my whole like leverage on that <laughs> argument. <laughs> like, I should have left him out there. He's son of a bitch. It's like you know he's going to be two faced. So I didn't Harvey, take that yeah, fucking. He starts by that inadvertently pull, pull stabbing you in the back. That's or, true. At, or as Mister Lau would put it, accidentally wasting your time. Sorry, yes, was that exactly. racist? Apologize. <laughs> when he offers the pool cue, I was like, nope. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Good. You know? But yeah, you, in terms of game play, so gameplay, you get to decide sometimes whether to do things as Batman or as Bruce Wayne or who to go to when you're Bruce Wayne or Batman, um, which lead to different scenes, lead to getting different information if you're trying to interrogate somebody, also lead to different ways that people feel about you during the entire time. Uh, you're also, as we've kind of hinted at, you're in control of Batman's personality. So mm-hmm. he can be compassionate or he can be kind of a dick. He's either going to be the more philanthropic type, you know, the hope for Gotham mm-hmm. type from Nolan, or he's going to be the all-star Frank Miller, the goddamn Batman. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. You can choose <laughs> to be Grant Morrison's Batman or Frank Miller's Batman. You know what exactly. I mean? Yeah. So there will be a time uh, coming up where you will either hang a criminal by his hands on a building to scare him even more, or you just flat out impale him in the shoulder. <laughs> okay. So it's that oh, yeah. type of stuff. Uh, also, the way that Batman looks uh, is designed differently from the Arkham ones. As you notice, he's Such not a cool this huge bodybuilder 
type, like in the Arkham games. He's more yeah. lithe. He looks more like a like an actual human being. Uh, also, <laughs> one thing I can I we noticed... talk about that real quick? Sure. You're talking yeah. about the, uh, this is one of the points I wanted to bring up. Mm-hmm. I like the Telltale suit more than the Arkham suit. Yeah. I like a little bit, a little bit more curved lines rather than the straight lines too. I think, yeah. and I don't know what it is. It's more. Um, like the Arkham, the Arkham suit is kind of almost broy, but right. But the, that's a, the, yeah. The Telltale, like I like the Arkham suit too. It's fine. Like I mean, yeah. it's a good, it's a good suit. No, not saying it's a bad suit, mm-hmm, but right. if I if I'm having to pick, it's gonna be the Telltale suit. I think that is a one fucking excellent ass suit, man. Yeah. And no. the bat signal too, as well. The bat uh, logo or whatever on the yeah. chest and and everything. I like that more as well. I think. Nice. Yeah. No. It, it's it also incorporates. Oh, we discussed this in the Dark Knight episode, but the the white eyes, because the Arkham yeah, yeah. games, you could see his eyes just like in the live action film. Oh, that's true. That's true. But in the video game, they go with the white eyes, uh, and I, I didn't even I didn't even think about the difference until I was reviewing it uh, for this episode. I was like, oh yeah, they did do that. So it's yeah. he's already looks different from that. Um, yeah. And then obviously, voice actor wise, we don't have Kevin Conroy in this one. Uh, we have Troy Baker now. We talk, we mentioned him a little bit for the Arkham games, but just to give you guys a full history of Troy Baker, he was <laughs> the voice of Two Face in Arkham City, as well as the Tim Drake Robin in Arkham City. Hmm. He was the voice of Lego Batman in the Lego Batman video games, <laughs> as right. well as the Lego Batman animated films. So that's Lego Batman before Will Arnett. Right. And mm. in that continuity, he's also the voice of oh man, okay, Two Face, Sinestro, Brainiac, Hawkman, the Adam, Terry McGinnis, Batman of Zurin R, Red Hood, the Trickster, and the Music Meister. Nice. Uh, he is the Joker in Arkham Origins. He did the voice of one of the Court of Owls members in the Batman vs. Robin Court of Owls movie. He was Arkham Knight in Arkham Knight. Uh, he voiced Joker again in Batman Unlimited, as well as Batman Assault on Arkham, the Arkhamverse movie. And most recently, he voiced both Batman and Joker in the Batman vs. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Nice. Nice. Damn. So this man has basically played every single male character in the Batman universe at this (laughs) point. Yes. Uh, And he's playing a very different Batman from the Lego Batman, which is very much a kiddish Batman. He's very much a, uh, you know, he's caricature so that he can be a little bit more of, you know, he's kind of funny in just how dry he is. He plays it completely straight, of course, in this version of Batman. And another interesting thing is that for when he's in the Batsuit, they went with the Ben Affleck type of Batman where he has a voice modulator. Yes, that's true. Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah. So if I had, just a quick side note, if I had my preference and styles of Batman voice, my ranking would be, of course, number one is Kevin Conroy with a sort of like loud, booming, like low voice type of darkness to it. Yeah. Uh, number two would probably be the Michael Keaton, Val Kilmer type creepy whisper. And yeah, then I like I'd, creepy whisper. Yeah. And then I'd rank That's number That's my cholo three. name, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry. And then I'd rank number three to be the voice modulator in Telltale and Affleck. And then at the very bottom is throat cancer. But that's just my yeah. preference. <laughs> So <laughs> I think I think Batman. I pretty much am in line with that. <laughs> Although, yeah, the voice modulator just still gets me. I'd rather just they just change their voice with their bleed? with their yeah. own voice. You know what I mean? I like I, I don't know. I just anyway keep, keep yeah. going. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so this is Batman in around year two ish. Uh, it seems he's he, it's not an origin story, but he obviously is 
in the beginning of his career. Carmine Falcone is still mob boss. Harvey Dent is DA. Gordon's not a commissioner yet. The rogues gallery hasn't quite shown up. So this is very familiar territory. Um, but there still are other aspects that are different. So as Andrew noted, the Batmobile can switch between being Bruce's uh, Bruce's regular red Lamborghini, and then it actually molds itself into being the Batmobile, which is kind of a fun... I don't know if this was a deliberate reference, but in the old serials, uh, Bruce Wayne's car was a convertible, and then when he put the top up, it was the Batmobile. So the idea of Batmobile and Bruce Wayne's car being interchangeable comes from there. I don't know if it was deliberate, but it's a, it's an interesting tie. Um, something I also noticed, though, is just like how Zack Snyder's Batmobile in BVS and Justice League look like the Arkham Knight Batmobile... Is it just me, or does this Batmobile kind of look like the one that we're going to see with Pattinson? I was thinking the exact thing. I yeah. think that I think that uh, Matt Reeves is definitely taking an influence. Well, I don't know about definitely, but there's definitely some connections that could be drawn between that Batmobile, his, and also, of course, his Penguin and Telltale's Penguin. Go ahead. Right. With yeah. I, I was just saying this. It, it, it seems like they're already somewhat would be drawing off of or. Telltale did a lot of the heavy lifting, if you will. Right. <laughs> you know, because it's such a good way to tell this story or these aspects of the story or their take on the story. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it would just be like, yeah, that's a good idea. Let's like work it into our script. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Something. Yeah, so, yeah, I definitely feel like Matt Reeves has played this game at some point, which is kind of wild to think about that, like in between like Planet of the Apes movies or something. He's just like, let me play this, this Telltale game yeah. when I get home. Yes, uh, yes. But yes. That's, that's a possibility just given what we're seeing here. Um, also, you get to do a lot more detective work in this game versus the Arkham games. Yes. You go into yeah. crime scenes, you look at clues, you put stuff together. I mean, arguably Batman in the, in the actual animatics and stuff puts stuff together, but you're still the one who like looks at yeah. everything and points and clicks at, at what he's looking at. Um, also, this is a use. Uh, Batman uses drones in this to help give him the layout of certain areas before he's going to attack. So it's a it's a different take on Batman surveilling everything before he sort of either stealthily goes in or just crashes through the window or whatever. Uh, he uses drones way back in Kingdom Come, though, doesn't he? Uh, he does, but they're more like they're like bat robots that are patrolling everything. Oh, right, this right, one's right. kind of just more of a surveillance thing that like just looks like a regular drone. They're not. Makes they're sense. not supposed I to like, look like they're Batman's drones. Yeah. I like to the point at which this Batman, the Telltale Batman, is like, like what, like has this futuristic technology going on with his suit and everything. Because mm-hmm. in Dark Knight, you had like these futuristic concepts that seemed like pretty practical in contemporary times or based on something real. Mm-hmm. But this way, you know, like the, how they have all that, this all this different stuff. You can he can drop sensors with his fingers and stuff like that, and have like a bat computer basically communicating through the suit you know mm-hmm. i kind of like that you know that it's like we're we're at future batman now this yeah. is like the middle point between batman beyond or something i don't know yeah we're about there all, we're, yeah i yeah. see what you're saying yeah but it, it feels like a modern it's like a 20 this is a 2020 yeah. i mean it's 2016 when they made this but still feels like right. a very much of our time yeah yeah I love when that. they did this uh, let's see. So the writers of this, there were several writers, but I want to give credit to them because uh, a lot of times they aren't given the credit that they're due when it's something like this. So the writers, the lead writers were Zach Keller, Nicole Martinez, Eric Sterp or Stripe, uh, Megan Thornton, James Windelier, and then they were assisted by uh, Meredith Ainsworth, 
Patrick Kevin Day, Andrew Hansen, Jessica Krause, Luke McMullen, and Shannon Inglis. So again, a lot of a lot of writers, but it's almost like a television writer's room in terms of how yeah, they wrote for this. Sure. Because imagine like you have to if you pick different choices, you need people writing different lines of dialogue, different story ideas of what's going to happen. You can't just be like, all right, I'll crank out writing this five-episode Telltale game in one afternoon. It's just not possible because of the infinite amount of choices that you're going to be making and how that's going to affect the rest of the game here. I mean, so. yeah, the game writing is notorious. It's always been this way ever since, um, God, PS1 days maybe, as soon as you got past the Super Nintendo days. Like, game writing, well, it's gotten worse and worse and worse as far as, like, how much how much uh, you have to write. Like, a video game script is so, so, so much longer. Mm-hmm. Than, than a movie script. It's a lot going on. So definitely need a lot of writers in the room, I think. And um, God, just playing the first 45 minutes of this game, man, it's just like the all the dialogue is so natural and yeah. all the story elements are very well done. You know, it's really impressive. And if Matt Reeves does not have some opening where Batman's coming through a fucking cloud of smoke, I will be upset. That <laughs> shit was fucking awesome. So. They just Remember, have Reeves, executed just a lot. <laughs> They've just executed a lot of really cool Batman concepts in motion on screen, you know, that we just haven't really had the satisfaction to see quite yet. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. or just, yeah, yeah. But I would say the best comparison to this is almost like this is a live, this is the closest we'll get to a live action TV show of totally. an active Batman. Pretty much, the feeling yes. Of, yeah, it's the feeling of this long episodic thing, but also it, it makes so many interesting story ideas that you're you're like glued to it the whole time. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. I mean, Catwoman, spoilers, by the way, for this whole thing, but like Catwoman figuring it out immediately, who he is, yeah. and all mm-hmm. that stuff. God, it's just so good, adds tension to a scene. You know, there's more scenes. There's Like that in the Falcone, Falcone scene, it's just like so tense, and you're not even Batman, you know? You're just fucking yeah. Bruce, Bruce Wayne talking <laughs> to somebody. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you have to exactly. use your wit and your cunning. Yeah. That was tough for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh let's see and i also want to shout out to uh the music is by jared emerson johnson and he uh basically does his own take on the music and um i really appreciate it i really like it it's yes uh, yes there's some he batman's got his own theme penguin kind of has his own sinister stuff and uh as we get further further along each person kind of has his or her own subtle dark theme to it that i really liked
Andrew mentioned Catwoman, and she's the first villain that we kind of chase after. Uh, she's got a very similar standard design to what we're used to seeing of Catwoman, nothing too crazy. She's got the goggles that I think uh, originally Darwin Cook designed for her in the comics. Um, I would yeah. say she's probably um, not nearly as sexualized as she was in the Arkham version uh, yeah. or in other versions. Um, but she's voiced by Laura Bailey. Now, Laura Bailey has a history of co-starring with Troy Baker in a lot of comic book-related properties. So while Troy Baker was Lego Batman, she was also Harley Quinn, Poison Ivy, and Wonder Woman. She okay. had some minor roles in Arkham Origins. When Troy Baker was Joker in the Batman Unlimited movies, she was Cheetah. Uh, she was also Mary Jane in the Marvel Spider-Man game that recently came out. Oh, shit, okay. Uh, and also she voiced Black Widow both in the animated series Avengers Assemble, where Troy Baker was Hawkeye, as well as the upcoming Marvel's Avengers video game, which has Troy Baker as the voice of Bruce Banner. Okay. So, uh, nice. it's it's funny because this is... I didn't know about any of this until I dug deep into the IMDb. And I found yeah. out, like, Jesus, these guys voice all these superheroes. And we don't even, like, they're not at the top of our heads when we think of these characters, but they've been playing these characters for years. They're just unsung a, because of the fact that they're voice actors. What a great, like, life, the job you go in. You're not, like, top-tier, triple-A Joker, but you're, like, you're, you're like, pinch-hitter Joker, and that's pretty good. Get your check, yeah. throw down on your, your, your take and on it. And then you it. don't have to... <laughs> yeah, but then you don't have to worry about paparazzi pictures following wherever you go because you're not yeah. the live. A you're not Joaquin Phoenix. You're not the live action Joker. Yeah, also you can just some, walk outside and nobody gives a shit. Something to be said <laughs> about royalty checks. The residuals in animation have got to be really good because you don't have. You can keep get. You can keep coming back to a role, and you don't have to worry about like your look or your aging. You know what I mean? Like, it, well, a you, even if you do it just once, you're going to get lots of residuals probably. Well, depending mm -hmm. on your contract, I guess. But I'm sure they're pretty fucking good. And yeah. um, if you can get called back easily, you don't even have to really be... You don't have to, like, stay in shape. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, voice <laughs> voice, act, voice actors just really... You only they have really to have sound it. powerful. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean, look at... I mean, Kevin Conroy is still voicing Batman in his 60s, but he can still voice Batman when Batman's, like, 30-something. Dude, I saw him at fucking E3 because he was there for one of the Arkham games. <laughs> and yeah. he's he's like on this like um, second floor of an open air thing. We're on the bottom floor. Everybody can see him, though. He looks down and he just goes, I am the knight. <laughs> 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 and everybody was like, yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I am the knight. <laughs> yeah, that shit was hilarious. <laughs> That's awesome. He recently did a uh, live reading of the Batman Adventures Continue comic. That's a continuation of the uh, the animated series. So oh, that's sweet. We get cool. Some more of that. Did uh, they live yeah. stream that? Somewhere? Yeah, they live streamed that on oh, the DC Instagram. So nice. yes. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Also, in the beginning, you cross paths with Gordon. Now, thankfully, you don't need to convince Gordon a lot of the time to help you out. I mean, he's not. <laughs> it's, they're in the very beginning already working together but have an uneasy alliance Batman's already on the radio talking to him in the beginning so thankfully you don't have to deal with the standard bullshit of just like you know you gotta convince Gordon even though you know that Gordon's going to be convinced because this is Commissioner Gordon and Batman um, Gordon is voiced by actor Murphy Geyer who also was in Joker he was the announcer oh, for Robert De Niro's show oh my god so a lot of connections here um, also 
Alfred shows up, and this is a very different looking Alfred from the traditional look. Unlike the traditional look in the comics with the mustache and everything, this Alfred has white hair, no mustache, and glasses, much like the live action versions, like Alan Napier in the 66 show, or Michael, Michael Goff in the uh, 90s movies, and Jeremy Irons. However, this is the only time where Alfred wearing glasses actually plays a role in the plot at some point. Yes. So... I only have a very extremely minor beef here. It just seems like he's with the glasses. The glasses are too similar to Gordon or something. You know, I don't know. There's something about the way Alfred looks and the way Gordon looks. And I guess it's, I don't know. Am I the only one here? Nah, you're whack. <laughs> okay. I mean, if anything, that was a bigger problem in the 66 show. Like Alan Napier's Alfred had glasses, white hair, and the bushy mustache. And I will Hamilton's take... Commissioner Gordon had no glasses or a mustache. <laughs> I'll take any of these Alfreds over comic accurate Alfred any day. Well, <laughs> not, not feeling the haircut and the mustache never did. Like the... <laughs> Alfred wasn't interesting to me until his hair was white and he was wearing glasses, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> so I pick, I pick it's a that. character thing. Okay. All right. Yeah. He's voiced by actor N. Reitel, who had a uh, small guest spot in Batman, the brave and the bold. As a character named uh, Deragus, Deragus, I forgot how it's pronounced, but it's in the yeah, Sword of the Atom episode. Um, but there's Ooh. a there's already a great dyna- dynamic between the two of them, uh, where he's just like, "I know you're trying to be a myth, but don't end up becoming a monster." And Bruce is yeah. like, "Sometimes nice. you need a monster." And yeah. I was like, All right, I like that. You rock yeah. that, Ben. Oh, thanks. Uh, <laughs> that sounded just exactly the only one who like the game. <laughs> you're not the only one who can do the accents. Um, what? With, yeah. Boy? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. All right, mate. All right. So I Harvey say. Dent. Uh, <laughs> you guys notice Harvey Dent is bigger than Bruce? Yeah, he's yeah. a fucking monster, dude. <laughs> he's he, freaking shredded. He's too, he's too he's at least two inches taller. It looks like and a fucking like all star all star quarterback looking motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. And I thought that was an interesting choice. I don't know. I mean, obviously, he probably did delivered. play college football. Yeah, he, he banged did. a lot of cheerleaders or something. Is what <laughs> no. it looks like. Like you could see Harvey being the star quarterback who everybody loved, but then Bruce was like his big supporter, who was like secretly helping to pay for his college because of how good of friends they were. Damn, yeah, Ben Juan, yeah, yeah. everybody. <laughs> yeah, man. Establishing that they're bros, man. You know, it makes the fall yeah. from grace so that much mm-hmm. more powerful. Of it's course, so good, yeah. yes. So uh, this is also another instance of Telltale subtly changing canon a little bit in the beginning because Harvey's already the district attorney. He isn't trying to run for being district attorney. He's not trying to be reelected to be district attorney like in uh, the animated series. He's running for the top man. He's running to be mayor, uh, which leads to a lot of Mm -hmm. interesting stuff later on. Uh, But Harvey Dent, anyway, is uh, voiced by Travis Willingham, who also has co-starred with Troy Baker and Laura (laughs) Bailey in the DC stuff. So while Troy Baker is Batman in the Lego DC games, Travis was Superman. He was also the heretic in the Batman Bad Blood movie. While Laura Bailey was MJ in the Marvel Spider-Man game, he was Wilson Fisk. Oh, shit. And he, while Laura Bailey was Black Widow and Troy Baker has switched from being uh, Bruce Banner and Hawkeye in the Avengers stuff, Travis voices Thor. And all okay, those. that makes cool. sense. Yeah. Uh, I love it. Another connection, though, is that he and Laura Bailey, the voice of Catwoman, are a married couple. So that oh, also yeah. probably explains that, like, a lot of the times they're both talented voice actors. And hey, I know a guy. Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah. <laughs> so they're just I'm pretty. Sh- yeah, and I'm I'm pretty sure Troy Baker's probably buds with both of them because of just how often they have. It's to work a great community, man. That's awesome. Yeah. But it's also a great underground part of the community because, like, everybody's, yeah. like, praising RDJ and Hemsworth and all this shit. But, like, he, these guys have been playing and having that dynamic behind the scenes for years. And, yeah. again, like, they just get the benefit of it's only through the voice. They can just go to yeah. the store. Well, not these days, but they can go anywhere, and nobody's really going to, like, be trying to stop them. Very few people might, like, recognize them because of the convention Oh, my God! Yeah, but it's not. It's not the Travis same thing. Travis Willingham. So. <laughs> Can you so. sign my Slurpee? <laughs> Thor and Superman. Oh my God! Oh. You're a god. I know this is a Family Guy comic, but will you sign it? <laughs> the other, the other, my Thor comics—they're all sticky. This impersonation was not based on anybody real or factual. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Travis, Laura, Troy, if you are listening to this, please help sign and autograph Wolfie's stuff. <laughs> as he just asked us to do. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> That's how he gets around celebrities. That's why we, yes, don't, exactly. we don't take him to the conventions. <laughs> Voice actors are my favorite types of actors. <laughs> oh! If you see, if you get like that around Travis Willingham or whatever, we're going to fucking have a cardiac next to Kevin Conroy. (laughs) (laughs) He did. Uh, So Harvey Dent here, obviously, as we talked about, he's he's best friends with Bruce, which is something that we said was missing from The Dark Knight and something that we really loved from the animated series and certain comics. So that's definitely carried over here. He's running against Mayor Hill who you guys might remember from the animated series because he's the guy who was like always captured or kidnapped or put for ransom all the time. Uh, but this actually stays truer to the original comics than the animated series because Hamilton Hill in the comics was corrupt and uh, working under a mob boss. Uh, in the comics, it was Rupert Thorne, but obviously here, it's Carmine Falcone. Um, so this version of Falcone is voiced by Richard McGonagall, who has also played Brainiac... <laughs> And Perry White in uh, the Batman: The Brave and the Bold, so I thought that was kind of funny. Say his um, name again, McGonagall. Yeah, <laughs> Say Scottish again. is funny. McGonagall. Well, he Sorry. he's American no offense. born. No offense, <laughs> Mister McGonagall. Love the name, but McGonagall I... <laughs> also go by Mister McGillicuddy. So, oh yeah, I remember. Uh, <laughs> he kind of. I remember you introduced yourself that in one of the episodes. I was like, oh yeah, Mister McGillicuddy, A.K.A. Well, Johnny Snoops. Sorry. I feel like this Falcone is closer to the Batman Begins type of Falcone. First off, they call him Falcone, just like in the movie. He's also a little bit more thuggish. Mm-hmm. He's not like the elegant mobster in the comics. Um, and uh, he even he even has scenes with Bruce, just like in the uh, in the in the Batman Begins movie, while he's wearing the white suit. So uh, he's obviously established to be one of the first villains in here. And then. Around the same party, you also meet Vicky Vale, who's voiced by Aaron Yvette. I think she's the only one of the main leads who didn't have any previous experience in any Batman stuff beforehand. Um, but interesting thing, as you guys might have noticed in playing it, this Vicky Vale is not redhead like in the bl- in the comics, nor is she blonde like in the Batman '89 movie or the Arkham games. Um, but they changed her hair to be a brunette, and uh, they also established that she's not a love interest or any hint of becoming or having a romance with Bruce Wayne in this version. So they very much had her as um, an investigator. I shut her down right away. I knew she was trouble. (laughs) 
but uh, well, there the was that there's that scene where um, Bruce says, yeah. "Oh, Vicky," and then Alfred says, "Yes, Miss Vale." And yes. I don't know, maybe that's just how they talk, but it's just it kind of <laughs> sounded like that was that was like hinting at something. I don't know. Potentially, or they might just be referencing what we know from like the '89 yeah. movie. We're just like, oh, we know they get together. Okay, she's better as a blonde. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> You like her as blonde she, versus redhead? She's got a punch to her, you know, like, I, and I love everybody, you know, brunettes <laughs> especially. Um, but Vicky Vale is just, yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah. but it worked. It worked out for the story that they're telling. Yeah, yeah, rather. I think so. Uh, but we'll get to that. But the biggest major character change was, as we've mentioned, the Penguin. Uh, Penguin is voiced by actor Jason Spisek, who, or maybe I'm mispronouncing that, but Jason ended up voicing the Joker in the latest Batman Hush movie. He was also mm-hmm. Red Hood to Troy Baker's Batman in the DC Lego films, and he also is in Young Justice, originally as Wally West, and then now as Forager. So this guy has been also around the DC block playing all these different characters, but this is a very different Penguin than what we're used to. So first off, yeah. physically, he is Bruce's age, and he is thin and relatively good-looking. He doesn't have a long beak nose, He's not waddling around. He's not fat or anything. Bruce even nicknames him Oz because they grew up together. Now, as we've mentioned before, Matt, in Matt Reeves's uh, The Batman, when he announced Colin Farrell was Penguin, he said, hello, Oz. Mm-hmm. And when Colin Farrell was on <laughs> was on Ellen, <laughs> you okay there? Oh, we're going to pop. Oh, get your comics out of the way. Oh. Get them out of the way. <laughs> We'll send a towel over to you. So, Penguin... <laughs> Buy Superhouse uh, also, Towels at redbubble.com. Can you fax yeah. me a towel? <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, when Colin Farrell was on Ellen, Ellen's like, who are you playing in the Batman? And he didn't say, oh, I play Penguin. He said, I play Oz. Cobblepot. So, that again... Is, that is cool. Interesting connection here. So, who is this Oz Cobblepot version of Penguin? Uh, he knows like the stuff. Arkham, yeah, so like the Penguin in Arkham games, he's British. Which, again, could be maybe why they cast Colin Farrell. But, I mean, Colin Farrell has played Irish, English, and American, so who knows what accent Bro, he's going to use in this. I, I think that we're going to see Penguin being British from now on, man. <laughs> <laughs> this is just how it's going to be. Potentially, yeah. Yeah, who else but, wants to wear mon- monocles this day and age? It is true. It's true. Uh, <laughs> but he is... It is seemed that it seems that it's a British family who moved to Gotham and became you know a rich family here. They even have a park called Cobblepot Park with a uh, like a bust of his father there, who of course has the monocle. Uh, right, but right. It's a mother, nasty place. Yeah, these days. Uh, yeah, no, it is. Uh, we end up seeing it, and it's all run down. And uh, Oswald shows up and beats a whole bunch of muggers who were trying to terrorize <laughs> Bruce. So. Again, a very These guys were jerks. Yeah, <laughs> a very different type of penguin here. Uh, but his backstory is they used to be like one of the top rich families of Gotham until uh, his mom was committed to Arkham Asylum for being insane. Um, funny enough, her, his mom is named mm. Esther in this, which was the name given to her in Batman Returns. Uh, hmm. Yes. Did that movie was, that movie named her finally yeah. or no? Yeah, that was it the did, first right? time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then just why not, why not just go with it? Then they, they yeah they were the first much. ones. Yeah. Funny enough, they didn't carry over the name of the father, though. His name is Tucker Cobblepot in the uh, the movie, but I think it's Theodore in this version. Okay. Uh, maybe but, Tucker's like a nickname. Maybe, yeah. But his father uh, then killed himself afterwards, oh, and whoa. the Cobblepot name was ruined. 
that afterwards. escalated. So, yeah. So with both of his parents out of commission, Oswald then sort of fell off the map, and that's where he diverged from Bruce, where apparently he was in the army, who went back to England, went to the army, then had a dishonorable discharge. That's how he knows how to fight. Yeah. Uh, and then got into arms dealing, illegal boxing matches, prison stints, and is apparently known in the criminal circles as the Penguin, not because of what he looks like, but because he wears a penguin mask, which is very different from what we're the, used to. Right. Yeah. Um, and then he's got a clear chip it's on his shoulder. It's because he's cold and slippery. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just slides right out of there, and, and all you hear is, Wah! or whatever they, yeah. they say. Yeah. <laughs> He doesn't. He doesn't do the. Uh, he doesn't do the walk, walk like. Uh, yeah. That's how he calls his henchmen back. His penguin mask change. though is like the plague mat, plague doctor mask. Or it does look like, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is that right? Based it's a plague like penguin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, grim. Yeah, but he's got a clear chip on his shoulder against Gotham, and so he tells Bruce, "He's like same place that ground my family to dust, gave you the good life." So he is very much against Gotham and resents it and feels like it's behind his downfall. And there's a lot more to this character that we'll get into after the break. But it just establishes a very interesting take on Penguin. But to give you guys a heads up, this is probably my favorite take on Penguin out of the many different versions. I like it better than the Danny DeVito one, the Gotham one. I mean, if they just combine this with making it a little bit more traditional... You're telling me that you like this more than Unlimited Poontang Penguin. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> my, my God. <laughs> Wolfie, so, are, you, are you confused at this, man? Yeah, what is this now? So Danny DeVito. No, what's his name? Um, Christopher Walken says Christopher, Christopher Walken says you'll get Unlimited Poontang to Danny DeVito Penguin <laughs> in Batman Returns. It's a to- really? it's totally a li- yes, it's I a lie. I gotta line. revisit these movies again. It's yeah. ridiculous, dude. He is a fucking Harvey Weinstein Penguin motherfucker in those movies. Uh, it makes man. so much sense. I had no idea what Poontang was at that time. Yeah, exactly. We didn't catch it when we were young, but then we're watching what it now. We're just heck? like, how did this get PG thirteen? I thought it was a citrus drink you stirred in your cup. <laughs> The astronauts drink it on the space station, right? I love space! I'm wearing my NASA undies right now. (laughs) And my bomber jacket. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. But what we got here is a very unique take on Penguin that I love, but we'll actually save this because at this point, if you're listening to this episode and you're just like, all right, I'm sold, it sounds like this is really cool. I want to play this game. Then stop this now and go play it and then come back. Because after the break, we're going to get into territory about what else makes this unique, which will get us into some Ooh, spoilerific yeah. territory. So catch you after the break. Non-gamers, stick around. Hey, everybody. It's Andrew. I just wanted to tell you about our friend Israel's retro gaming shop, RetroCo. If you go to retro-ko.com, you'll be able to see all of his retro gaming goodies. If you wanted to get that Sega Saturn hidden gem from back in the day, or if you wanted to get the Famicom disc system that you never got as a kid, or any other type of retro game that you were into, or uh, import game, 
please go to RetroCo.com. That's Retro-KO.com. And if you use the Superhouse code Johnson's Ballsack, you'll be able to get a little bit of a discount at checkout. So please, once again, if you could just go to RetroCo.com, you can also go to Facebook.com slash RetroCo with no hyphen. That's R-E-T-R-O-K-O. You'll be able to find him on Facebook as well. If you were looking for that PlayStation import game that you never got, if you were looking for that Mega Drive game that you never got, or any other kind of retro game, any import game, it could even be European, Israel also curates bundles at RetroCo, and he'll curate that bundle just for you. So please, go check him out. If you put in the code Johnson's Ballsack at checkout, you'll receive a Superhouse discount. And we're back, so we are going to continue with the spoilerific territory of the Telltale games. So where we left off, we've established all the different takes on different characters. Batman is fighting Falcone, uh, Harvey is campaigning to be the mayor, Catwoman's out there. This feels very much like somewhat familiar year one-ish territory, and I think that was deliberate on Telltale's part because they wanted to basically cast you in the familiar. They knew that comic book, uh, you know, aficionados and fans were going to be playing this. So you start them, start with something familiar, and then you start gradually pulling them into something that was their own unique take. And it started with Penguin, but it gets, shit gets real when we get to the end of the first episode. Because at the end of the first episode, Batman confronts Falcone. And no matter what way you have of interrogating him, Falcone always ends up saying the same thing. Where he tells him, you want to save the city? Go after the Waynes. The Waynes are the biggest gangsters in Gotham. <laughs> now, Spit this is take. the first major change in canon that establishes Telltale is different from the rest. Thomas Wayne was a criminal in this version of Batman. He was the complete opposite of the philanthropist. So, like, in the Nolan version, Thomas Wayne is, like, almost like this, like, the messiah we had at one point where he's, like, he was a great doctor. He was a great businessman. He started, you know, Wayne Enterprises that saved Gotham. He was a great father. And Martha was his wife. And that was pretty much what they went with. Here, it's very different. Bruce confronts Alfred being, like, this can't be true because, like, everything that I've done was to honor him, was to honor the innocent and save them and prevent what happened to me from happening to everyone else. And if he turned out to be exactly what I hate, then all this was for nothing. So you have to tell me the truth. And Alfred's like, you know, basically says that he was dreading having to tell him the truth. He's been holding on to this for two decades. So I haven't finished the very last episode. Does it come out that uh, Thomas Wayne actually had some, like, did some corrupt things? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So he was, he flat out is, like, there are, in the first few episodes, it's just like, hey. Shoot. Yeah. Dang. <laughs> it's pretty much was trying to hit on the zeitgeist, which is the feeling that if you're rich, you're the bad guy. Just looking at how we've seen people deal with it. So they're right. just like, let's actually play around with that. And they did the same That's thing heavy. in Arrow. When, and with Arrow, where they started with Oliver Queen coming back and being like, my family made a name for themselves while stepping on other people's throats. Like, it's a very similar thing to what mm-hmm. they did with Arrow, even though in the comic, in the original comics, the Queens and the Waynes, they didn't have that type of backstory. It almost makes Batman like a criminal for good, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, right. exactly. The lineage exactly. is not, you know, painted as being so pretty anymore. Mm-hmm. But, it, yeah, it's pretty much confirmed he was a mobster who obtained this wealth from working with Falcone and Hill. Falcone even tells you, tells Bruce, he's just like, I'm more family than you think. 
Um, <laughs> and um, wow. Alfred even brings up you. You can't. You know, like how do you think Thomas Wayne got rich? You can't amass that kind of money without certain compromises, is what he brings up to him. Um, mm. And you even go into detective mode to revisit Crime Alley because Bruce is just like, I don't understand what happened. I have holes in my memory. This whole world went flippity dippity. Yeah. And he <laughs> remembers, he goes back and thinks about what really happened and he unlocks a repressed memory, which is Thomas Wayne's dying words. It wasn't Martha <laughs> or don't be Swallow afraid. your feelings. <laughs> no. <laughs> Thomas Wayne's last words to Joe Chill were, tell Falcone he's making a mistake. Ooh. Oh, shit. And Chill shoots him through the eye, Godfather style. Oh, dude, this that's is why they call cool me rewrite. Joe, and that's why they call me Chill. Always get the guy <laughs> in the eye. <laughs> I gotta get out of here. <laughs> that makes sense to get like, um, and it'll make sense to kill rich people for their for their uh, pearls and shit too. You know what I'm right. saying? But also, it, 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 it makes sense to kill somebody because they're involved with the mob anyway. You know what it's I mean? It's a mob so, hit, yeah. It's a mob yeah. hit, so that's a fucking, that's fucking excellent. Dang. Yeah. Excellent so rewrite. Bruce Wayne is kind of like uh, Vito Corleone's nephew or something. He's like the prince of, of like... He's basically, if Michael Corleone became a vigilante instead of yeah. the business. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. So it, if oh, we find out it's, it was sorry. a mob hit. It's like Nolan verse thing is kind of like Michael Mann's Heat, and this is kind of like the bat, the Godfather take on the Batman. <laughs> yes, that's great. Anyway, so this is yeah no this is this is where shit got real, and I was like oh shit this is this is where Telltale was really established. That makes themselves. it hardcore realistic too. You know, it just like it resonates now mm-hmm. in a way. Uh, exactly, it kind of yeah. makes Batman even darker, even grittier. Question mark mm-hmm. what. Yeah. Well, uh, then, a penguin, when you first meet him, too, he says it's about dent, but you can apply this to, like, thematically, I think. Mm-hmm. He says there's a forked tongue behind that smile. Mm. And it's like, we don't, he, he just doesn't trust anybody that is so bright on the outside. And maybe Thomas Wayne was the same way, where he it was a doctor and a philanthropist and the Wayne's, but, you know, they were fucking gangsters behind the scenes. Oh, yeah. yeah Here's you know, another and, thought. You know, about like the Batman rule and him not taking lives and stuff. It's like at this point now, he's like a gangster. Bruce do what he wants. <laughs> but yeah, a lot of it could come from like, I don't want to be my father oh, okay. in this version, you know? Okay, yeah, yeah that's yeah, also sure, got some sure. gravitas. Gravitas, yeah. by the way, is Latin for nuts. <laughs> Pretty sure that's not true. Big tuggers. <laughs> it is from the Sanskrit, which means ball sack. <laughs> anyway. So we find out it was the mayor who sanctioned the hit. Um, oh, yeah, right. And, mm-hmm. yeah, and uh, that this son of a bitch. Connection. So uh, Alfred reveals his part in all this. Because it's just like, well, what the, what the hell was Alfred doing? Alfred reveals that uh, he was the butler. He could only do so much, but he was planning to leave Thomas Wayne's employ. And that's when Thomas Wayne was killed. I was going to block him on Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, he was going, he was basically going to go back to England. He was flat out going to leave the Waynes entirely. But then when Thomas Wayne was assassinated along with Martha, he was like, I can't leave the boy. So he's driven by guilt and responsibility because of the fact that he did not do enough 
against his employer during this that's time. That's beautiful, man. And the kid, yeah. it's like it's like Grandmaster Flash said, a child is born with no state of mind, blind mm. to the ways <laughs> of mankind, you know. <laughs> Bruce came into this world an innocent, and, and Al- Alfred has seen him fall in so many ways, you know. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Holy shmanoli. So in this version, Bruce <laughs> sees Alfred as his real father. Because he's just like yeah. I, I don't know I don't know Thomas Wayne he, I don't re- yeah yeah I reject him but you're actually part wow. of dad. it's kind of like that I, part in Guardians of the Galaxy too I have a thought as well and this is actually not even too much of a tangent I think mm-hmm. while I'm playing this game I don't know why it occurred to me it's just you think about Batman so much especially as a, like you go from a kid to now and you've gotten to this level where you think about it deeply um, I was thinking that like for Bruce Wayne. For him to be Bruce Wayne, it reminds him of his parents. Mm-hmm. So there's probably some mm-hmm. comfort in being Batman, even though it's just physical pain. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he he just doesn't want to be a Wayne in a way. You know what I mean? And maybe oh, yeah. in th- yeah. maybe in this story, it's even more so now that you explain all that because I didn't get that far myself in the game just yet. But <laughs> I don't know. I just think like it's just crazy how well all these elements really do like. Fit work and fit together like you got Bob Kane 10 plus broad and then <laughs> fucking Bill Finger comes along and like I don't know if he had all this kind of figured out but it was just it just kind of feels like god all the ingredients for great storytelling and character work is just god it's just all there isn't it it's crazy yeah yeah I mean you got to be so a Wayne in the streets and a bat in the sheets baby <laughs> <laughs> what you mean get shot oh wow <laughs> <laughs> that that got real quickly yeah i mean figuratively speaking yes um so what exactly did thomas wayne do as a mobster and so here's where we get even more specific uh he was the mastermind of getting rid of people who got in their way so he was he used his position as a doctor to be a consultant at arkham asylum and he was pretty much like scarecrow and batman begins uh well kind of the opposite you know how scarecrow and batman begins he like put people in arkham so they wouldn't have to go to jail in Telltale, he put people in Arkham who crossed him. And he devised a serum that would make them seem like they were insane so that he would seem like he was justified to the public to do that. Which has an eerie parallel because guess whose son is currently putting people in Arkham? Batman is obviously has this parallel with his father. So one of the people who Thomas Wayne put away in Arkham Asylum was Esther Cobblepot. Oh, shit. Esther Cobblepot owned land that Thomas wanted, and when she didn't want to sell it to him, Thomas injected her with a serum, and that's why he had her committed to Arkham, which led to the Cobblepots being ruined and Oswald's dad killing himself. So Thomas Wayne then took the Cobblepot land and built Wayne Enterprises on top of it. Thomas Wayne, in this version, is responsible for the birth of the Penguin. Oswald, Mm. then, is here to take back what's rightfully his, which, in his eyes, is Wayne Enterprises. So that's why Penguin is in this story. And that's why this is one of my favorite versions of Penguin, because I'm just like, there's so much about this that makes sense that I can't even, like, look at any other version of Penguin's origin and feel the same way. Like, I (laughs) totally... He's he's so it feels he's so justified. He's so evil in this game, but he seems so justified, and you understand why. Right. It's fantastic. 
And it, um, it throws your whole conception of Batman or everything you hold dear about Batman in a lot of ways is kind of ripped to shreds. And they mm-hmm. leave you with the pieces to pick it back up. You still love Batman, so you're going to keep going. <laughs> but everything changes now. <laughs> like It's yeah. so dire. Because you can't help but kind of be like, he has a point. I mean, I hate his guts, but he's got a point in terms of like yeah. what he wants. So this obviously escalates because... Um, the news is all over the point, all over the place. When it comes to this information, there's been information leaked out. Uh, this is kind of why Vicky Vale is in the story too, is because she's the reporter who's just like Bruce, tell me the real story on this because it's saying that you have mob connections and plus, you know, people are saying that Falcone showed up out at your house. Like this isn't looking good, and it's also looking bad for the company because Wayne Enterprises board is like, we need to be able to survive without Bruce Wayne, so they start asking Bruce to step down. And who do they think should replace him? Well, how about the guy whose family was screwed over to build Wayne Enterprises? They offer the CEO position to Oswald Cobblepot, and Cobblepot takes over Wayne Enterprises. What, what, what? <laughs> so, uh, again, this is where shit Talk about is even left more personal. Field. Yeah. Um, and Cobblepot, of course, as much as he has that background as being the Penguin, that's in the Penguin's background he's already forged resumes of working at different companies and having leadership and managerial roles and having glowing recommendations <laughs> so it seems like oh he's the perfect candidate for ceo and it'll help you know protect our image in this. oswald cobblepot senior vice president subway sandwiches yes exactly <laughs> <laughs> well you uh, got the logo right uh, they hired me. they were the ones that hired jared yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, oh, he's a bad villain for sure. Uh, the diddler. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> That's a bitch. <laughs> he's just waiting to strike again. I can't wait till the Joker and looks unlocks all the cells. I don't know. My my villain name is Evil Hard Drive. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Evil Hard Drive. I'll climb you down the tears. I don't know. <laughs> Oh, man. Man. But, yeah, this penguin is obviously out for blood, and he's out to go up against Bruce Wayne, which makes it more personal than the usual, like, oh, penguin is a mob boss, and Batman hates crime, so therefore they must fight. Let me just put a pin in that real quick. So he's penguins going against Bruce Wayne, not Batman. Well, he sees Batman as still in his way because Penguin, of course, is committing crimes, and so yeah, and the Batman has no jurisdiction. But this is yeah. this is this is a Bruce Wayne story still, though. I'm just saying that's pretty. It's still really cool on Telltale's part to kind yeah, of yeah focus on that. It's an, another way, once again, to separate themselves from so many other Batman games. Of course, yeah, like uh, Batman '89 on the ZX Spectrum. <laughs> that would be eighty. Oh God, eighty-five, eighty-six, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Check out our uh, Batman video game retro video games episode, part one of the series. Yes, uh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, this penguin is very tech based. He doesn't really have the trick umbrella, though. He had, there's like one scene where it rains and he has it, so it's kind of an Easter egg. But he doesn't really use that. Um, and then so he turns much. it into an umbrella and stays dry. No, <laughs> <laughs> it's got a katana handle. Cause he's Sick Japan's gadget. Cool. I've always wanted one. Where do you get that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, at one point, Bruce basically has to leave. Yeah, at one point, Bruce has to leave Wayne Enterprises to uh, to Oswald and leaves Lucius Fox there to be kind of his spy to see like what's going on. So Lucius Fox, in this, funny enough, is voiced by Dave Fenoy, who was Lucius Fox in Arkham Knight 
So this is our main crossover mm-hmm. from the Arkham series, voice nice, actor-wise. Nice, nice, nice. Um, he is like the Nolan version of Lucius Fox, who helps make Batman's tech. Uh, also different from Nolan's because he actually is down to listen into people's, you know, bugs and surveillance <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Michael K. Williams as fucking Lucius, Lucius Fox. Fox. You know, one thing I wanted to say is like, you know, what if they do go this route with the with the Batman, with Matt Reeves' take on it, and it is more kind of like mob-oriented. We always have mob guys around, but they're like lower level. But now with this type of story, Bruce is so ingrained with like organized crime mm-hmm. that, you know, I don't know, it just could seem... I mean, to take remember, that darker turn, yeah, with the, with the penguin too. I mean, he's obviously the the top and, and gangsters if, as yeah, well. And, so there, there you and go. if they take away his funding from the, just speculating here, you know, that if they take away his funding for some reason, not that they're going to do this in the Batman, but say he mm-hmm. is cut off from his fortune, and that leads to Batman and the suit, you know, and like his development of it. Anyway, mm-hmm. just thinking out loud here. Sorry, Ben. Well, but. Telltale does have uh, Catwoman, Penguin, and Falcone. And so does the Batman. So we'll see. Yes. Oh, uh, shit. Boy, but, I don't mean to be blowing the lid, letting the cat out the bag and nothing, <laughs> but shit, it's exciting. Yeah. This Corona shit's got to be over so they can get back to that fucking oh, movie. Oh, fuck. <laughs> They're going to have to finish that shit six feet apart in J.J. <laughs> Abrams' garage on loan. <laughs> I thought about this. When they come back from break, I wonder if the rest of the footage, like, I wonder if Pattinson's been working out the entire time, and then, like, <laughs> the rest of the footage is, like, jacked as shit. <laughs> what if it's it's a totally different movie after that? They just start changing it. Hopefully it gives Colin Farrell some more time to uh, fatten up if he's going to be limp. the more traditional penguin. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Grow your yeah. nose out. <laughs> yeah. When Cobblepot... <laughs> <laughs> That comes on down high from Harvey Weinstein in jail. Uh, when Cobblepot takes over Wayne, he not only takes over the company, he takes over the tech. Because Wayne Tech has not only given technology to the GCPD, it's also responsible for Batman's tech. Now it's Cobble Tech. So <laughs> get all those drones that Batman Bite was using. Micro Center. Yeah. All those Sorry. drones that Batman uses, who do you think is, con- is in control of them at some point? The penguin. So you start regretting the use of drones at that point. Um, (laughs) Penguin even takes control of the Batman Batmobile momentarily, kind of like in Batman Returns. And the way that he controls it is through a Google Glass device that fits onto his eye like a monocle. Called Cobble Glass. Yeah, that's their version of the monocle, which I think is awesome. Eye Cobble. And then, of course, the... uh, he ends up, of course, fighting either Batman or Bruce Wayne, depending on um, what you pick. But uh, the end result, no matter what you do, may explain why he does the waddle in the future. So ah. uh, he may also fatten up in the future. So we'll see. But uh, I really love this version of Penguin. It's very different, but it's just the motivation that's drawn out and why he does what he does and his plans and how he is constantly trying to outwit Bruce and sometimes succeeds in doing that really makes him a formidable villain. And I really hope that uh, the Colin Farrell version of Penguin is is basically in line with what they did here. Oztec. <laughs> yes, Oztec. Yeah, that would probably sound better than Cobble whatever. Or Cobble Cobbletech. Cobbletronics. Cobbletronics. Try out our new virtual reality array. Put the Circuit trousers City. on first. <laughs> Exclusive. 
Let's see. So uh, I definitely think the Catwoman take is very good too. And as Andrew hinted at, uh, from the very beginning, when Celine and Bruce Wayne meet, first she's off, a Celine, well, she's also Harvey Dent's girlfriend in this one. So that's another change in canon of <laughs> is that doing the first love time triangle. ever. Bruce by the is way? a dirty little stealer. I think that, yeah, that is the first time because usually Harvey is uh, he has a fiance. He's got Gilda. In most versions, oh, yeah. usually doesn't have a love triangle type of thing. But in this version, when Selena and Bruce meet, Selena sees Bruce's scars and Bruce sees Selena's wounds, and so they figure it out from day one, which creates some relief in the dynamic because there's only so many different versions we can see where they don't. <laughs> That's really not know relief. The others. Dynamic yeah. is another word for. <laughs> <laughs> is, that Just what, is that why they thought Bruce and Dick were gay because they're the dynamic duo? Hey, swinging sixties, exactly. baby. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, that's one of the major changes in the relationship. But yeah, Catwoman in this is very well done. She's constantly, you know, pitted between both sides. Sometimes she helps Batman. Sometimes she's helping the bad guys. And she's like a kick-ass bartender. You're just like, God, she's awesome. I'm gonna <laughs> ask her out. Don't ask her out, dude. I want to come back here. No, yeah. I'm gonna ask her out. She's pretty much unobtainable, it feels like, throughout. But, I mean, she, she's unobtainium. Really <laughs> she's unobtainium, exactly. Where's James oh. Cameron? <laughs> but in this, uh, yeah, no, I really like this version of her. But uh, she does kind of tie into Harvey Dent's arc, which is the next big part that we're going to talk about here. Um, as you guys talked about, they absolutely play up the Harvey and Bruce friendship to, like, max levels. Like, even more so than they did in the animated series. Um, we, Dear Harvey, I need some space. Yeah. Bruce. <laughs> If there's a flashback, depending on what choices you make, you might not see this, but there's a flashback to Harvey telling Bruce he's thinking of campaigning for mayor because he wants a safer Gotham, and he wants one where, quote-unquote, nobody will be killed or robbed. And Bruce, of course, at the time, thinks about his parents, and that was before he found out about the truth of his parents, and tells him that he'll completely fund him and completely back him. So nice. uh, this Harvey is very much into trying to be the best mayor for Gotham and help clean up the streets. And unfortunately, as you might expect, that doesn't last very long. So <laughs> Dent ends up in a debate with Mayor Hill because they're competing you know, against each other in the election. Penguin crashes it, uh, immediately shoots the moderator and shows up on TV and reveals that he's taking this over. And he says, and now a word from our sponsor. And then he shows his boss. Now, Penguin isn't in control of everybody. He seems to lead this whole gang called the Children of Arkham. But the children of Arkham answer to this masked figure that shows up on the TV screen um, who basically declares that they are the children of Arkham. And what they mean by that is they are the people who got fucked over by Thomas Wayne. Insult to injury. Yeah, exactly. And then more injury. <laughs> so, 
Uh, that's why they're here, and they're here to take down the people responsible, one of whom is Mayor Hill, and Penguin associates Harvey Dent with Bruce Wayne, of course, because Harvey Dent's entire campaign is funded by Bruce. So Penguin's way of causing chaos and to show people that you can't trust anybody is he takes Vicki Vale hostage, and he has her inject both Harvey and Mayor Hill with the serum that Thomas Wayne made in order to show people, here's what Thomas Wayne did to people. He injected them with this, and now you get to see its effect on people. So they kind of Makes go it crazy. crazy. Yeah, they go crazy momentarily and say stuff that's like tyrannical and dictatorish on the air, which, of course, doesn't help with their chances. And then um, because of Hill's role in what happened to Esther Cobblepot, Penguin shoots him to death and kills the mayor. And oh, he shit. goes for Harvey Yeah, and he goes for Harvey next, and Harvey's he's he's brought Harvey to the ground, and Penguin lifts up this huge Klieg light. And you have to make a choice, because at the same time, Catwoman is on the ground. Do you save okay. Catwoman, or do you save Harvey? I saved uh, Harvey because Catwoman can take care of herself. Well, if you save Harvey, you prevent him from getting scarred. Uh, and Catwoman gets wounded and runs off, and resents you a little bit because she was shot. Uh, but Harvey she knows what's gets, up. Yeah, Harvey gets to remain one face, I guess you could say. Um, however, if you save Catwoman, then, as you might have predicted, Penguin dumps the light on Harvey's face and burns half of his face. Jeez. Oh, wow. See, this I'm is what I, I was I, I was that. wondering yeah. how the the story branching was was gonna and your choices yeah. and that's like crazy. how different the game was for everybody that plays. So yeah, that right. that's uh, that's pretty interesting. I think. So I live in a either, world of one face. Yeah, exactly. So you either <laughs> it's either you save Harvey, uh, but Catwoman hates you, or you save Catwoman and you help create Two Face. <laughs> so it's like either way, it's not that great. Um, she kind of gets over it though. I feel like yeah, she. I does. feel like yeah, I was yeah. able to you know weasel my way back into that one. You can't. Me, you can't. me and Selena are good. <laughs> All um, right. So as I play, well, bada I bada bing, bada, bada yeah. bing, bada you could. Yeah, you could. But I think I would have way. naturally saved uh, Catwoman uh, over Harvey if I had not had this conversation with you guys. Well, we'll, we'll see because uh, you, you. We'll talk about it. But Har- just because Harvey is not scarred doesn't mean that uh, he's good friends with you for the rest of the entire series. So son you. of a bitch. Yeah, uh, Harvey is in the hospital. If he, if you chose to save Catwoman, Harvey's in the hospital, scarred up. And when Bruce sees him in the hospital, Harvey is pretty much like Harvey from beforehand. So this is like the opposite of the one from The Dark Knight, where he was just automatically evil beforehand, you know, right afterwards, being just mm-hmm. like, you know, you'll pay, Gordon. Like, now he's just like, oh, Bruce, you're here. Thank you for showing up. And he's like, you know, hopefully... <laughs> my you know, face the, hurts. Yeah my, yeah, my face hurts. Like, hopefully the plastic Kissing. surgery will help, but, like, you know, I guess I'm the new mayor now. So here's what's interesting. Harvey Dent, whether he gets scarred or not scarred, becomes the mayor of Gotham. Uh, and because of the trauma from the attack, he feels like Gotham needs to protect itself better. Uh, okay. And this is where we get really interesting, because no matter which version you pick... Uh, Harvey is does not become a revenge-minded criminal or a guy who robs the Second National Bank every Tuesday. He becomes <laughs> he becomes the mayor of Gotham City, and because of the trauma that happened to him, he decides to go overboard in protecting it from the children of Arkham, and he turns Gotham City into a fractured police state and turns it into the opposite of everything Bruce had put his hopes in for. So, oh shit, this Two Face is running Gotham literally as a politician and destroying it from within. That's pretty of, awesome. Yeah. So this Two-Face 
we might get some. I might get some flat for this. This two face is everything Nolan's two face should have been. Nice. Because <laughs> I gotta finish this shit. We didn't get this. We got. We just got him being revenge minded and going after people who were responsible for killing Rachel. In this one, it's about like, oh, like I still want to protect Gotham. I still want to save people. I just realized I didn't do it the right way beforehand because I got fucked over and now my face looks like this. And even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't get scarred, the trauma of that incident of being nearly killed by Penguin still gets to him and causes him to do this and causes him to make decisions based off of a coin. In which case, he doesn't become two-faced because of what his face looks like. He becomes two-faced because of what the trauma did to his psyche. Right. Which I thought that was interesting. Um, But there's a lot of stories where you know, a criminal becomes the mayor, which is most likely most of the time is Penguin. Like in the 1966 show, Penguin ran for mayor. He did the same thing in Batman Returns. It happened in the Batman animated series tie-in comic, Earth One, Gotham. But I like Two Faces of the Mayor way better because I think Penguin as the mayor, it's kind of yeah. just like, oh, it's about like, oh, I want to be accepted and it's kind of cool because he's a criminal too. But like Two Face, I'm just like, actually makes sense because you've got the whole political angle with him. Because he plays, uh, he can play. Can he play into like being a victim of violence as That's well? Really He's got this huge scar on his fucking face. Yeah, and people, you know, there are, he, the people who work for him in the GCPD kind of are just are the ones who are all about like, oh my god, our guys are getting killed by children of Arkham. We got to stand behind Mayor Dent, and even if that means killing some people, because we have to protect ourselves. So it's it creates this division. You could say a split in two in the GCPD in terms of uh, who's with the mayor and who's with Lieutenant Gordon right? and Batman. Um, but yeah, there's this emotional tragedy to this character because we see how it doesn't just affect Batman. It affects Bruce Wayne too because he put, imagine this, he put all those hopes into Harvey reimagining Gotham into the Gotham that would prevent what happened to his parents from happening to anyone else. And instead, this man he put all his hopes into becomes this dictator to everyone and ruins it and there's so much emotion to that and there's so much fun to play with Two-Face as the mayor that I think um, I've never really seen before and I never really even considered that possible storyline until I saw this I'm just like this actually does make him more unique than just another Batman villain robbing a bank or being a mob boss he's just he's a flat out corrupt politician in this and that's what I loved about it Um, nice in one version of his downfall uh, he gets his arm burned, which makes him look more like the Arkham version of Two Face. If you guys notice in the Arkham City version, Two Face also is burned from the arm up. Um, right. So that's an interesting tie-in. But if you, when you get to it, Andrew, there's going to be a time where you have to choose who to confront first: Penguin or Two Face. If you choose to confront Penguin first, then you have to confront Harvey later on as Bruce Wayne, and that's actually a way more intense scene than uh, if it's just Batman because of the fact that these guys were friends. So I'd advise picking that. But it is a heavy emotional scene between the two of them in terms of Bruce's hope for Harvey and still believing in Harvey and Harvey going back and forth between, you know, loving Bruce as a brother but also wanting to protect himself and resenting Bruce and resenting the city for different reasons. And the way it ends is just fucking, it's more emotional than I think anybody was expecting. For that, it's right. orgasmic. Okay. I don't know about that. Did you but... play? Did you did you play this, Wolfie? Play this. Part? I ha- I haven't yet. I've only played up until the very last episode of the first season, which I still have to finish. 
And uh, I'm looking forward to the second season, though, now. Heck, yeah. yeah. So, okay. in episode four, what did you pick? Did you pick to confront Penguin at Wayne Enterprises as Batman? Or did you pick to confront Harvey in Wayne Manor as I, Batman? I picked Penguin, okay. actually. All right. So, you'll yeah. see this, then. You'll see this. Yeah. Okay. So, I'll let you guys watch it uh, for Ooh. yourselves. But it <laughs> is... It, again, it's one of those things where it's exactly what I've always wanted to see in a Bruce and Harvey or a Bruce and Two-Face scene. So cool. uh, that's awesome. Um, yeah. All right. So the next stuff is going to get into even more because we need we still have one other villain to talk about, which is the masked person on the TV. Uh, who is pulling the strings behind Cobblepot? Who gave him this platform and everything? Uh, so Bruce Wayne has to be at a press conference at one point to be like, hey, like I'm giving the company over to Oswald Cobblepot. And at the press conference, Bruce, somewhat inspired by Selena telling him to do this, ends up trying to out Oswald as being the Penguin. And uh, obviously Oswald has security, bring him over and, and not have him say all this type of shit. And they bring him, brings him to where the reporters are, where Vicky Vale is. And Vicky Vale seems like, oh, you know, it seems like today's not your day. Um, and she's like, by the way, did you drop your pen? And he's like, no, that's not mine. And she picks it up, and she stabs Bruce. And what? injects him with the serum. And she's like, do you feel that? That's the drug taking hold of you. And Bruce is like, you're with the children of Arkham. And she's like, no. I feel my anus quivering. Yeah. <laughs> she, says, <laughs> she says, no, I am the children of Arkham. I am Lady Arkham. So the villain of Telltale, Batman, is Vicky Vale. Oh, in this version. what? Boy. So, <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, Those so, chicken fajitas are yes. sitting pretty weird. So <laughs> somebody who originally started as a Lois Lane ripoff, as like the reporter who's trying to put together Batman Vicky, and Bruce Vicky Wayne Vicky together Vicky, Vicky. and just kind of turned into his girlfriend or whatever, they completely flipped her upside down and turned her into a supervillain who helps give birth to Penguin, gives birth to Two-Face, you nice. know, ends up outing the whole truth about Thomas Wayne. She's behind all of this, and I just I love that twist because I'm just quality like, I felt, reinvention. Yeah, because I never thought that. Vicky Vale was that interesting beforehand. Well, nobody did, and nobody <laughs> did. But that's why this worked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this, this is why is, it worked. This is good. So yeah. she injects him with a serum so that he can go crazy, and guess what? Get committed to Arkham, so that Bruce Wayne gets to feel how her parents felt because her parents. In reality, her name is not Vicky Vale. Her name is Victoria Arkham. Oh my god. She's from the Arkham family, and Thomas Wayne took them out so that he could use Arkham Asylum for his own purposes. To the spaghetti factory. Yes. <laughs> he wanted to turn into a restaurant. But he forbade <laughs> them appetizers. <laughs> so. <laughs> the worst. <laughs> No. So she wants uh, revenge for not getting those appetizers. No, she wants <laughs> revenge on him. So she throws Bruce Wayne into Arkham Asylum. And for a good portion of this game, you are fighting the... Well, maybe not you as a player, but Bruce is fighting the, the serum that's getting at him. Um, and he wakes up in Arkham, in a cell. And because of the fact that so many people in Arkham Asylum relate Bruce Wayne to being there, because so many of them are related to people or are people that Thomas Wayne put in, one of the orderlies lets a couple guys in to, you know, teach Wayne a little lesson. So because of the fact that Bruce is under the drug, he can't really fight back as well. He's not really in tip-top Batman shape. So these guys start beating Bruce, and then another figure enters, and you hear a voice say, 
the welcoming committee has really gone downhill here, hasn't it? And he starts beating them. And Bruce looks up to see the guy whap, who zing, beat them up. Pow. And he looks up to see a pale man with green hair smiling down with him. Who Bruce is says, it? Buddy, are you okay? And, of course, <laughs> it's the Joker. Or, what? as he's being called right now, John Doe. So... This is Telltale's version of the Joker, who doesn't even call himself Joker now. He's just called John Doe, and he's hasn't killed anybody. <laughs> he's not homicidal. This is a very different version of the Joker. So he's uh, like Brad Pitt and Twelve Monkeys, kinda. Yeah, kinda. He is pretty much like they took a very interesting route with this. They decided let's do Joker's origin, but not the way that other people do Joker's origin. Most people do Joker's origin with, like, he found the chemicals, and then he went crazy because he saw he turned into a clown. In this version, they keep it mysterious. He got diddled of, by Jared. Yeah. No. <laughs> the diddler. Or, wait, wait, what was it? <laughs> Evil hard drive. Yes. <laughs> in, this, in this version, um, in this version, he, it's not really known what his real name is. It's not really known how he got the white skin or the green hair. It's not even known how he landed in Arkham. So like he's from Nova Scotia, eh? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Oh, my God. Um, so they just get call him John out Doe. there is to be two shades over clear. <laughs> but John, he, he's just called John, John Doe in this. So he doesn't even respond to the name Joker in this. And your choices throughout Telltale are what turn him into the Joker. Uh, Ooh, that's what's important. Oh, sure. So there's this Push interesting him, irony where... Him. Yeah. There's an interesting irony where you're dealing with him as Bruce, and you as a player, you know that's the Joker. But the person you're in control of, Bruce Wayne, doesn't know that's the Joker. So yeah. you try to make sure that you're on your toes around So him. my question here is, uh, is there a branch, a story branch, in which there is no Joker? Like, you treat him so well, the Joker's <laughs> never created? Um, Unfortunately, no. <laughs> okay, all right. Not that I'm aware of. Uh, to the heartbreak of many people because this did create a lot of people wanting a version where John Doe doesn't become the Joker because this version of the Joker because really anybody else could be the Joker they could have let him be I don't know anyway go ahead yeah maybe Um, so John Doe in this is voiced by actor Anthony Ingruber Anthony Ingruber uh, will go into his history because it's very different from the others the others who we've talked about have been veteran voice actors for a very long time uh, Anthony Ingruber started off as an impersonator on YouTube. Huh. So you would see him do impersonations of Harrison Ford because he kind of resembles Harrison Ford. Um, but he can do impressions of Jack Nicholson, Heath nice. Ledger's Joker, and Mark Hamill. Specifically, cool. Mark Hamill's Joker. He can okay. do all three of them. Uh, he was cast as <laughs> young Harrison, the young version. Yeah. He was cast <laughs> as the young version of Harrison Ford in Age of Adeline. Uh, opposite Blake Lively, um, and has met Harrison Ford. Um, there was even a campaign. Was to that cast a movie? Him. That was a movie. Yeah. Oh, um, okay. That kind of movie, kid. Uh, <laughs> and there was a campaign to get him cast as Han Solo in the Han Solo movie. It kind of dodged a bullet there. There is anyway. no high ground with those flying things around. <laughs> What's that from, guys? What's that from? Uh, who? Uh, Saints Row. Cowboys versus aliens, duh. <laughs> oh my god, dude. John Favreau classic. My it's bad. bad. It's a Johnny Favreau classic, bro. Too much broccoli in this here bowl. <laughs> Add some Velveeta cheese to that thing, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so, Telltale contacts 
Anthony and Gruber based off of his impersonations on YouTube. Uh, and he wasn't sure if they wanted him to do a version of Heath Ledger's Joker or an impersonation of Mark Hamill. And they're like, no, we want you to do your own take. So his Joker manages to not sound like any previous version of the Joker. He created his own unique voice because his version of Joker isn't Joker yet. So sometimes right. he sounds innocent. Sometimes he sounds a little crazy, but not like homicidal crazy. More just like, eh, like he's got a, he likes dark humor a little too much. Uh, that type of stuff. Right. Oh, um, he's like Donnie Darko. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but he does. <laughs> he does. Got closer to Twelve Monkeys, Brad Pitt. But yeah, no. I mean, he, he wants to befriend Bruce, and he uh, he seems to know a little bit about Vicky Vale, aka Victoria Arkham. So he's the one who tells you. Tap uh, about that her backstory. Tap uh, <laughs> that's how Yo. he knows all this stuff. Hey, don't mess uh, with her. She's she's trouble, buddy. So just uh, uh, he helps you out in introducing you to the rest of the population in Arkham, which includes Mr. Zaz, which includes a uh, middle-aged man with a sock puppet. So obviously, you know, our friend Andrew Sellen. Ah, uh, uh, yes, we'll indeed. Rhymes <laughs> with Schmendriloquist. Yes. Um, There's too many words that rhyme with Schmendriloquist. <laughs> yes, exactly. Bobby Stokes uh, is also in there. Jimmy Boggs and Jimmy D and Bobby Two, <laughs> two Teeth and Sarah Joe as well. Bubba Lightfoot, ten percent. Uh, <laughs> John Doe becomes your ally in getting out of Arkham. He actually okay. wants to help you because he wants to see Bruce cave into his darker nature because he has a feeling that there's some darker side to Bruce that he's not letting out based off of the footage of Bruce going nuts from being injected with a serum. He's trying to tempt his character. Yes, he is. So he says, yes. Uh, So he tells him, when I get out of here, you're going to owe me a favor. Just one. We will meet again. I promise you that. So, uh, John Doe. Jared Leto. But yeah, like a of. better version of Jared Little Joker. <laughs> <laughs> um, a then, better version than that, Wolfie? Yes. I don't know about that. You man. can't talk oh. <laughs> But, uh, of course. What if he came back and then the Joker had his own Joker cult, like the Leto cult? That would yeah, be, aw- that would be of, awesome yeah. and fun. That's I think the actual that people in the Leto cult. Then we get yeah. constant reinventions of the Joker, and it, the yeah. Joker is really this like dark spirit that inhabits the hearts of these twisted fuckers. And he has a band too, and it sounds fucking terrible. That'd be tight. <laughs> you know how Spider Man has all these different outfits and stuff? Like, keep it rolling with the Joker. I mm-hmm. want punk Joker. I want fucking corporate Joker. Mm-hmm. I've always wondered if there were <laughs> punk shows in Atlantis. <laughs> <laughs> No, like I, I could totally see Grant Morrison making like a whole subculture, counterculture, like people in Atlanta. Well, you don't listen to Aqu- Atlantean punk in, a- <laughs> in Aquaman's poser. Aquaman's world. In Aquaman's worlds, you know, like yeah. I don't know. I think that shit would be really fun. I could see Jason. Hey, look at me! I can talk to fish. Hey, look at me! I can talk to fish. Hey, look at me! I can talk fish. Oh, by the way, the Aquaman and the Harley Quinn's pretty funny as well. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, he is. Uh, let's see. Other things are at one point you end up fighting Penguin's drones with uh, a recently orphaned kid uh, who's African American. Uh, you never get his name, uh, but his parents have been killed, and you swear to bring his killer, the killer of his parents, to justice. And at one point, the kid helps you out in taking out the drone. And Batman Miles tells Morales. Him, 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's Miles. Uh, you know, all yeah. the great Miles Morales Batman. I wondered how stories. Batman became Spider-Man. Always did. So Batman says, you're the kid who saved Batman, and I will always owe you one. Now, Ooh, we never deals. find out the kid's name, and he's never shown up in any, any other time. But there is speculation that we might have seen a black Dick Grayson. What? Right. Or somebody who's going to become a black Robin. Oh. So it could happen. It could happen. Could happen. Uh, very different from the acrobat origin, but considering They wouldn't be that, calling him Dick yeah. in the hood, though, that's for sure. <laughs> They'd be calling him Big D, son. Or yeah. Richie. Sorry, is that racist? I apologize. Let's see. And ah. then there is a part where you have to switch bat suits. So depending on what happens, you can either go... Either Lucius gives you the earlier prototype Batman suit, which feels a little bit more... Um, less busy, a little bit more simple... Or he gives you the quote-unquote updated version, which looks a little bit more armored and has these interesting armored-type shoulder guards looking very similar to the pictures of the Robert Pattinson Batman suit. Dude, it's it's obvious now to me <laughs> yeah. that Matt Matt Tomlinson or whatever his name is. Mattson Tomlin, yeah. Mattson Tomlin and uh, Matt Reeves love Telltale. It's, let's, yeah. let's, just, let's just call it like There's it is. There's just too much. We Wait. got a young Batman in year two-ish. With a Gordon who's not commissioner yet, because I think Jeffrey Wright isn't commissioner Gordon yet. Mm. Catwoman, a penguin named Oz Cobblepot, Carmine Falcone. We got an armored like bat suit with those shoulder guards, potentially lenses. We got a Batmobile that's closer to a regular car. Like all these things are lining up. Yeah, it's what, yeah, okay. So here's a question: w- yeah. Would you be disappointed if it is like on the nose to a varying degree, a high degree of Telltale in live action? Yeah. I mean, it, or would it be I'm like a nice thing that. to keep in your back pocket? Be like, I was there when Telltale did it, but this is nice. It depends, because like if they fuck up the execution of it, yeah, and Telltale is like way better, then I'm just gonna be like, like, why did I see this? I could have just watched more of the Telltale stuff or played well, more of the game. You, know? you, have, you have a it live action. Do it. It's gonna be live action version as well. You're gonna have its own cinematography. It's yeah. gonna have right. its own, uh, so its it own score the as score. well. You know what I mean? And it yeah. will have a different it won't story. Be. So, so what you're saying is there's no way it can be disappointing in any way possible. <laughs> yes, and it's exactly, going exactly to what be. I said. It is exactly <laughs> it, man. How did you know? Yeah, that's yes. what I was hoping to hear. Mm-mm. So <laughs> that is, uh, but yeah, the the five episodes for season one were Realm of Shadows, Children of Arkham, New World Order, Guardian of Gotham, and City of Light. Uh, there's other things that I did not talk about. Uh, I'll leave you guys to discover them on your own when you're playing it, but we covered the major talking points that make this a really interesting take on Batman, and it does seem like there is some influence on the Matt Reeves version. So, um, shout-outs to, in, not in terms of our social media shout-outs, but in terms of how I got to watch all of this. Um, there's Batman Arkham videos on YouTube, as well as another user named Andy Gilliand, who edited them and uh, cropped them to make it to basically take out the subtitle part or the choices part. So it really feels like a 3D animated five-hour oh, animated cool. Batman movie. That's cool. Uh, and then there's another user named Michael Harlan who takes certain scenes from Telltale and he rescores them with the music from different Batman media. So there's one where Bruce confronts Harvey, but it's the music from the Dark Knight ending where mm. Bale is confronting Eckhart. Or uh, Batman fighting Penguin, but it's the the music from Gotham for Penguin's character. Nice. So those are all some really cool things to check out. 
uh, when it comes to Telltale. But uh, that is season one, but that was not the end of Telltale. Telltale had a sequel series, which we will cover next time, called Batman The Enemy Within. So that'll Ooh, be part four nice. of our video game. Gotta play it. Yep. And so are we are we features... at our hmm? we had our final summation for Telltale Part One? Yeah, pretty much. But yeah, Batman: The Enemy Within will be the continuation of that, where you will certainly get to see more of John Doe. Okay, Ooh. nice for sure. So titillating. I, I I was when I was playing this, I was like, okay. The perfect Batman game now, to me, yep. is mm-hmm. like around 80%-ish Arkham. Still Arkham. You got Batman, the Batman fighting, Batman sneaking scenes, Predator missions, all that stuff. Very good. I like the open world. Um, all that. Keep the Gotham so, sort of similar. You know what I mean? But when you, more Bruce Wayne segments. 20% of it's Bruce Wayne. When it's like that, pretty much rip off Telltale and do it exactly like that. <laughs> yeah. Have, have, have Telltale write or the like, story, write the story entirely for this game, but still have the action like Rocksteady does it. Yeah. And the, and, and then I think and then have the fuck the bat tank, get the get the Lamborghini back in there, and we're looking at a per looking at a perfect game, guys. Perfect yeah. game. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. No, oh, that sounds amazing. Um, I think that's the perfect merging of it because there's still something obviously to the Arkham games in terms of fighting it you get to fight it's more of a fighting thing obviously the, i'm playing shadow of the tomb raider right now and they do a lot of stuff now in and god of war where they're using a lot of good motion capture between scenes to make it feel more cinematic and things like that mm-hmm. you know like maybe take a cue from from some of these more modern third person action adventure games as well you know 25 percent of that mm-hmm. sprinkled in well, yeah, I think we're definitely going to see a very uh, yeah. next-gen Batman game with the uh, Court of Owls too. Oh, coming right, yeah. or Arkham Court, whatever the cool. hell it's called. Yeah, I hope they've just really kind of rethunk a few things and redefined a few things. That would be so great. I mean, who doesn't want a Batman game all the time, every time, all day? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, this is man. this has been good, man. Thanks. So we have one more. We have a final installment of our video game series, correct? Uh, yes, because it was way, there was way too much good stuff in season one. I totally thought we could do it all cool. in one episode, and then I rewatched this, and I was like, nah, this deserves its own thing. Yeah. This is just I think that was good. a good dissection. Sorry yeah. to cut you off. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yes. Uh, but yeah, this is definitely, like, as you can tell, I love this version. I think it's like, if we didn't have Batman the Animated, like, Batman the Animated Series is probably still number one for everyone's hearts, but if I were to give, like, a second choice, this would probably be number two just in terms of just how well they delve into yeah. all the characters. It's like an adult mm-hmm. B-Taz, kind of. Yeah. It really, it really is. Yeah, and I think the most impressive thing is just they could have just gone traditional. They could have just been like, oh, yeah, it's the same shit. Like, Thomas Wayne's the philanthropist, Falcone's the mobster. Yeah, Harvey Dunn becomes too... But instead, they were just like, we will do something different with the canon. We will make our own mark at a time where there were already so much different versions of the Batman story. That would have been yeah. hard to differentiate, but they still pulled it off, and I think that's even more impressive than before. You have to always respect canon, but at the same time, you have to—I don't know what you say—enhance respect, but, but enhance. That's the enhance. fun. I, yeah, I think that's the fun part about the art and the art of Batman is like reinventing these things to kind of fit or be a new take on it. You know, like because the the bat, you know, the the Joker, the clown, the question mark, the the coin—you know, those things are never going to change. 
Right. But but moving Batman forward into being contemporary and relevant just seems to be like the fun and reinvention for that mm-hmm. mythos. Will you sign my six foot sub? Oh. <laughs> okay, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks again, Ben. Uh, uh, catch me on uh, Twitter and Instagram as Thunderwolf Drew. Superhouse Pod. Oh no, was it Patreon.com/slash/SuperhousePodcast. Please contribute to the Patreon to the Shasta Army, and uh, that's the one dollar tier on that one. And then also uh, we uh, take it away, Ben, with the Instagram stuff. Sure. So uh, shout out to, as usual, Matt Herring, Cookie Noms, Shasta, of course. Uh, in terms of the new ones, we've had a lot of uh, new fans, partially due to a lot of the Instagram challenges that we've been doing, as well as other uh, guests that we've had sharing us out. So thank you to Batman Stop Motion, a.k.a. The Bat Feed, who just opened his uh, YouTube channel. that, uh, And we've, of course, been supporters and subscribing each other but uh he's a friend of ours uh j.o.c. underscore lb some of these are hard to say out loud but thank you uh for liking a lot of our posts uh the black delilah murder d grayson w mr jones big smoothie forever uh zachary jackson brown art and uh frank miller appreciation all of you guys thank you very much for your support uh, also, given this time, it's likely by the time of this release, we will still be in quarantine, and there are still those who are affected by this uh, quarantine, especially those who are in the medical field. So, as our special guest of last time, Andrew Sellen, shared, uh, please go to the Instagram for Shields for Heroes, and you can help donate to help get uh, doctors and medical professionals the protection that they need in order to help treat others, since a lot of the people in the medical community are currently suffering from symptoms and are a lot of them are also dying from that and we need to protect them also given the quarantine a lot of actors or people who are um, even below the line have been affected because there's no production so the actors fund uh, has been around for a long time but it's also teamed up with uh, other organizations to help those who are production assistants who are um, basically interns or any anybody who uh, is affected right now they are helping out to provide funds to people during this time who are out of work so uh please go to the actors fund website uh also shakespeare at uh that was told to us by andrew sellen um could use some support during this time and uh as well as amanda smith's rehabilitation fund she was the pa who was paralyzed in an accident on set for batwoman they are about a couple thousand away from their goal but uh, still, any support you can send over there would be greatly appreciated. And of course, I am a Ben Juan Writer on Instagram, as well as curate the Superhouse Podcast Instagram at Superhouse Pod and our Twitter at Superhouse Pod. Hey, this is Wolfie, otherwise known as Gangsta Bruce the Don. So my parents weren't all that great, but I turned out okay, you know. So remember to mind your P's and Q's and not for nothing, baby boy. But I know a guy in all black will break your teeth. But you didn't hear that from me. Signing off. You find me, catch me out there on the streets in the grams and the books. (laughs) You went to Fonz. Gangsta Bruce. All right, everybody. Also... Please, uh, we'd like you to become a part of Superhouse. If you could just open up your phone to your voice recorder app and then record something like Superhouse is fucking awesome or you guys fucking rock or I love Superhouse or you've already listened to probably a few of these already at the beginning of them because we've already had a few uh, people do it. So um, 
fans and interviewees alike. But uh, yeah, we'd like to add to our collection. And uh, if you could just share that voice recording to superhousepodcast at gmail.com, you too can become a part of Superhouse. And I think that's going to do it for me signing off. Ben's signing off. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> mm, mm, mm. <laughs>